We have reached the halfway point in the 2022 Texas high school football season. Hello, everyone. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And Kenny, again, halfway through the season already. Yeah, man, and uh, who knew that we were going to get this far? So I'm excited. We, uh, looking back at last week, uh, man, we had two basically instant classic uh, football games. I'm ready to talk about those and what we got coming up this week. Yeah, we got Although this is one of those weird weeks in Texas high school football, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, six and seven team districts across the state that are taking those first round buys this week. Uh, yeah, the first round buys before the play of di- before district play begins, and there's a lot of those. I believe over a third of the state is on by this week. But despite that, there's a lot of great games this week, and we'll touch on them. But first, let's take a look back at last week. Actually, no, let's start off as we normally do with our Matt Step question of the week, and this will segue us into the review of last week. So for this week's question for Mr. Step. The question is, quote, looking back on Cameron Yo's upset of Lorena, give us your thoughts on the game. How does this change Region 3, end quote? And then Matt Stepp's answer, quote, I think it's just a testament of how tough District 11, 3A Division 1 really is. Every week is going to be a battle, and if, and if you play even a bad quarter, you can dig yourself a hole that's too big to climb out of. Yo's speed at the skill position clearly gave Lorena some trouble, and the Leopards have to get that cleaned up. Overall, not much changes in Region 3 for me. Franklin is still a favorite at the moment, and there's five or six teams capable of knocking them off on the right day. And, you know, again, I agree with them here, Kenny. If This is Franklin's region to lose, but also when you look at Franklin, their defense hasn't been, you know, as good as, it's ha- as it has been the last couple, three years. But, you know, that, that wing T offense has just been hitting on all cylinders. But... You know, to Step's point about, you know, Cameron Yo's quote, upset win over Lorena, I mean, I don't think anyone expected that, especially, especially with how many points Yo scored on what has been a fairly decent Lorena defense this year. Yeah, I don't think we expected them to win, but I think we expected a pretty good game. And uh, I'd like to talk – we tried to get with Coach Rose this week. Hopefully uh, down the – you know, in a couple of weeks we'll get with him. But I really – would be interested in asking him. So they scored on a defensive score, a pick six, and they also returned a kick for a touchdown. And, and I think that was probably something that you thought they were going to have to have to either stay in that ball game or win it, you know, some type of defensive score or, 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 or a kick return. And I got to watch that game on NFHS, and that was basically an instant classic. That was an awesome game. And I, I loved every second of it. It was a great game. And it just proves what we already knew. Although Yo did their offense did struggle the you know the week before last, but to come out and it was at Lorena as well to yeah. to put forty eight on the Leopards on their home turf, and a competitive district such as this, you know the, you know if everything falls right, if Franklin beats Lorena, then Cameron Yo's got that number two playoff seat on lock pretty much. Yeah, and Cameron's a good ball club. Mm-hmm. Although watching that game. There were times when Lorena was down by two scores or three scores, 21, 28 to seven. And I really thought that the game wasn't out. I mean, you still, that's still Lorena and they can go, they can score points in bunches. 
And I think this is what, when this district got lined up, you, this is what we're, we're expecting. And it's week in, week out, we're going to have these type of games. Yeah, it's just like Matt Stepp said in District 11, it's, it's going to be a slugfest every single week. Then, again, especially with how things have played out in the season so far, I still think this is Franklin's district to lose. But, it, I mean, even for Franklin, all these teams, they're not going to be scared. They're not going to back down. It's going to be tough, you know, nose to the grindstone football every single week in this district. I agree, and I'm ready to see that Lorena defense uh, against Franklin's offense. That's going to be that's, a fun That's That's going to be in uh, week 10, I believe, and that's going to be a great ball game. And then, speaking of great ball games, another one we saw last week, Grosbeck and Mejia over in District 8, uh, Class 3A Division 1. Grosbeck takes down Mejia 37-36 in overtime. And, Kenny, you saw some of this game, right? Yeah, I got to tune in. I think one of those uh, schools have a YouTube page. So we, we uh, kind of went over that and watched it and got the last couple of minutes of uh, the game and then overtime. And, uh, golly, somehow after Lorena scores in the first overtime, kicks the extra point, somehow a Grosbeck receiver is just wide open in the end zone. Uh, it was a great play. And then uh, Coach Bomar, he's like, screw it, we're going for two, and they get it. And, man, it was awesome. Oh, it's a great deal, great win for Grosbeck. And th that's another competitive district, especially. Mejia, they're going to – they're gonna, despite them being 0-5 right now, I think they'll get a playoff spot out of this district. They're 0-5 because of that absolutely brutal pre-district schedule they had. But, again, I, I think they can put up a run here to close out the regular season. You know, I mean, they'll probably run into a buzzsaw whenever they – running to Malakoff, but I think the other four district games they have left, I think they got a good chance of taking here. But and then uh, one more one more game we were able to keep an eye on last week. I was able to go to the Robinson Hillsboro game last week. It was played in Hillsboro and that was a great ball game, Kenny. And you know, in that game Robinson jumped up to a twenty one to six lead and you know, thought it was over, you know, the Hillsboro kids kinda looked a little sluggish. But then a big play, they they drove down the field with and scored to make it twenty one to twelve with or twenty one to thirteen rather with uh just just under a minute left and then Robinson got the ball back and then threw a pick six as the clock expired and Hillsboro Ouch. made it a twenty one nineteen game going into the second half and then in the second half Hillsborough came out took full advantage of the momentum and then they ended up coming back in comeback fashion uh, beating Robinson 33 to 27 and that was just another great game across it was a lot of great results from last week yeah it was exciting and uh, hopefully we got some of those lined up for this week yes absolutely as we might have mentioned before we were definitely talking about it before a good good bit of the Probably about a third of the state is on by this week. You know, there's a lot of – the majority of the districts across the state of Texas are six- and seven-team districts. So there's a lot of teams that are on by. And, you know, but it so – but despite that, you know, there's still a lot of great games that we'll get to cover this week, and we're excited for that. But before we dive into our week six previews, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the victorious Grosbeck Goats, Coach Jerry Bomar, and we'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with Coach Jerry Bomar, the head football coach, athletic director for the Gross Beck Goats. Coach, how are you doing? I'm fine, Kenny. How are you doing today? We're doing good. So uh, before we start uh, talking about your team this year, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, what led you back to Gross Beck? I know, you know, you won a state championship uh, back in 91, and, uh, you know, you 
kind of you went to Grand Prairie, uh, did really well in Kalisburg, Orange Grove. Now you're back in Grosbeck. What drew you back to Grosbeck? Well, Kenny has a cu- couple of things. Um, I was in Beeville, and we had had three good years there. And uh, but my wife had gotten we'd gotten uh, and she's into the school business and she was really has aspirations to move up to be a superintendent but she felt like that she needed to be a principal before before that that step that you take and you know the Grosbeck job's always been special in my heart because the fact that you know we did win the state championship in here here a long time ago and it was a phenomenal experience I had great friends here and it's a great town and, and a great uh, community and school district. And so the job came open. They, you know, talked to me over the years about coming back, but it had been a while. And um, so we just kind of talked about it. And I, also there was a opening here for a principal. And uh, so we just kicked it around and thought about it. And I talked to some friends here. And they said, it's a no-brainer. If you want the job, it's yours. We're not even going to interview anybody. So they <laughs> did that, and uh, we decided to come back. It was a little weird at first, but then, be honest with you, it really has just been like taking any other job, you know. But there's still, you know, a lot of my friends are still here, but they're older, and times are different now. It's like, you know, going to a, a place in the future because you can't go back. But uh, we've enjoyed it, and it's been great for my wife, and I've really enjoyed it also. That's a great answer. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this year's team. You're four and one. Your defense really has played well for mo- the most part. Uh, you kind of got a new quarterback in, Mr. Platt. How, how's he uh, fitting in? Well, we started off uh, this year, you know, with aspirations. We've been uh, we've had two good years back to back in the playoffs. So we were eight and eight and two and lost a heartbreaker in the playoffs last year and then the year before in the pandemic we were six and three and then lost a very close game to dallas madison and our quarterback alan lewis who was really a good player had missed both of those games so we had high hopes this year with him being a fourth year starter that we were gonna you know have our best team maybe you know and um we started off with a with a win over caldwell then we had a tough game with mcgregor and beat them and uh, then we went to Marlin, and Marlin, you know, is loaded with players, and they had been struggling a little bit with injuries. And we lost Alan Lewis to a severe shoulder injury uh, in the second quarter. Now, that was a tremendous gut-wrenching blow to our team because, in my opinion, he was the best, one of the best guys in Central Texas quarterbacks that could throw the ball great. He was, a, like I said, an outstanding athlete. And that really, really, really threw us for a loop. Now, Trent Platt was our backup quarterback, and he, he was, but he's also a good inside receiver. He had gotten hurt the first game running the clock out when he took off and ran when he shouldn't have the first game of the year and had a knee injury, and we didn't know if he was going to come back and play. So we went into that game with Alan Lewis and a third-string quarterback, Caden Thetford, who had never really played quarterback, and he had just been kind of invented as a quarterback. And the next thing you know, in the second quarter, he has to play. And we got through that game somehow, and he did do a good job of just not turning the ball over. And he did throw a touchdown, and we won a close game 16-7. to And so, you know, we were – and we lost a big defensive tackle also in that game. So that was a really hard game for us. So we came back the next week, and Trent Platt was saying, well, I may go get released. I have to go to the doctor 
he didn't get released till Tuesday afternoon. So we're going to play Crockett. And so he's going to have to play quarterback now. And he's had no practice. He's been basically inactive since the first game. So he had two days of practice. And we went to Crockett and basically blew the game because with a minute and 10 to go, we had the ball with third and two feet and a one-point lead. And all we had to do is make a first down and kneel down. The game's over. And we jumped and got a penalty and wound up not getting the first down. And that thing fell apart after that. And we gave the game away. And so, but he did some really good things in the game as a young sophomore. But, he, you know, he turned the ball over a little bit. And we hadn't been doing that. So, you know, we came back to play Mahia last week. And, you know, the rivalry with Mahia had been on hold for the last five or six years. They had quit playing. And, you know, they had played 79 times up until last week, and Mahe had won 56, or 56 of them, and the girls back had won 21. Wasn't much of a rivalry. Yeah. But, uh, so that was, and then Mahe got stuck in our district because there are two students under 4A. And so um, we were going to play Mahe, and it was standing room only, and Mahe had played the diff- most difficult schedule in the history of mankind, <laughs> which still <laughs> baffles night. me why anybody would do that. But <laughs> but beyond that, they have really good players. They've just been getting beat down because of who they were playing. And, you know, rival games, you never know. And so it was. It turned out to be a tremendous game. We led 22-8 to eight at halftime, but it ended up 29-29 going into overtime. And uh, they scored first in overtime and kicked the point. We're up 36-29. We get the ball, and on third down, Platt throws a touchdown pass from 30 yards out. We decide to end it, go for two. He runs it in. Live happily ever after. We win 37-36. That was a gutsy call, man. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to go on instinct. You got to look at what's happening in the game, and we were losing control of the game. And they have superior athletic kids, and they had really gotten on a roll. And um, I don't know; you just have to think about what's the right thing at the time. And you know, we'd run the play early in the game and and made it work. So I just thought our kids would pull it off. And so I give Trent Platt a lot of credit. He's a sophomore. He, he's a youngster. He he's only had five practices now at quarterback, and had to play two games that were against two really athletic teams. So. We're happy to be four and one. Uh, we felt like we should be five and zero, oh, but you know we'll take it. And got one and zero, oh, and we have a much needed uh, bye because we had another major injury last Friday night. We have a really good center, weighs two eighty five, is a good player. He got his knee tore up on a play on a dead ball play. Mm. And so we've had a rough. I'll be honest with you; it's been about as rough as five weeks coaching I've had in a long time with injuries, not knowing who was going to play what. And losing Alan Lewis, our quarterback, was just, for me personally, a gut-wrencher. Yeah, he's a four-year starter, and I got to watch him play twice last year, and he was he's impressive. And I did get to catch the last, uh, I think, overtime of your game last week on uh, – I think y'all got a one of uh, – Mahay or y'all had a YouTube channel, so we got to tune in on that one. That was a, that was a, a riveting last uh, couple of minutes of that game. Um, so you got a bye week, like you said. You you want to heal up? Uh, is that just your main thing? Keep your conditioning going, heal up, and then uh, next Monday you'll start getting ready for camp. Well, not really. O- over the years, my philosophy has always been: you got to look, see where you're at, and you evaluate yourself. And, you know, in the before they started having all these crazy districts with you know eight teams, six teams, seven teams. You know, back in the day, it was a six-team. Everybody played five games, and you had your open date at midseason. You reevaluate your team. You know, mm-hmm. 
But for us, it worked out that way in this district. So what we try to do is, is we want to really look and see where we're at objectively on both sides of the ball, uh, see where we're weak, see who's played well, who's gotten better, evaluate our team, and then say, look, we may have to make some changes, make some adjustments. We work out hard during this time. I don't work them out long. But we do work out with intensity, and we start preparing for the next opponent. And, uh, you know, I don't – I can't think of many times over our career that we've ever lost a game, you know, with an open date, the next game, you know, because we want to be prepared. And for us, this is a good thing because the emotion of beating Mejia, and they, and they hadn't beaten them in a long time, and it's only the 22nd time out of, you know, against 78 or 80 times – yeah, it's good for our kids. So we need to come down. We need to kind of get back grounded. And then we need to get back to reality. And reality is we still got five district games. And we've been second the last two years. And, you know, we know that you just want to finish as high as you can. The district race to get into the playoffs and have a good bracket, you know, have a chance in the playoffs. Because the 3A football in this area is just a killer. And, you know, these three districts that are around here, you don't get any – you know, easy games in the playoffs. You got to play somebody who's really good, just as good as you, if not better, right off the bat. So, we got this is an important time for us. And like I said, we have some really major injuries. We've got to overcome. Got to change some things defensively a little bit and adjust. And uh, so we really utilize this time. And then at the end of the week, I give the kids off and let them have a good weekend. And then we'll come back Monday. Coach, those are probably like the three or four best answers I've ever had. And we've been, haven't been doing this long, but, man, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck against Kemp. Good luck uh, going forward. And hopefully uh, come playoff time, we'll get to talk to you again. Let's hope so. We sure hope so. I appreciate it. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Grosbeck Goats, Coach Jerry Bomar. Thanks again to Coach Bomar for joining us today. And now, Kenny, let's dive into the week six preview here. And let's start off here, a battle of unbeatens in Class 3A Division 2 in the district opener, Palmer at Blooming Grove. This is going to be a great game, Kenny. Man, I'm excited about this game. I would really want to go watch this yes. if I didn't have other things to do. Uh, number eight in the state, Palmer, who knocked off number five, Rogers, early mm-hmm. in the year. Uh, they just got a lot of talent, man. The quarterback, Cisneros, 600 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, they got a pair of running backs in Burrow and Lopez and Burrow is a stud on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. from the tape and the stats I've seen. He's great on defense, and he can return kicks. So Palmer's got a really good offense. They play pretty good defense, too. And then, you know, you look at Bloomingrove, they got the names that we've talked about. Uh, Kelton Bell, he kind of does everything for them. Uh, the quarterback, Southern, uh, 500 yards and six touchdowns. Hamilton's rushed for 554. We had Coach Gann on a couple of weeks ago. He likes his team. Uh, he really likes Nicholson at, at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And they've got a, a, a pair of linebackers in Nicholson and Baumgartner that kind of pace that defense. So this is – I'd pay money to go watch this, and I hope it's streamed somewhere so I can watch it while I'm in the stands. This game – I mean, this, if you look at this district, this district's is exciting. The one through four – the one through four playoff spots could be up for grab for anyone because don't forget about Scurry Rosser and Corsicana Mildred. Both those teams sit at three and one themselves. Yeah. So this district is going to be – you know, very exciting to see, you know, as we go week by week. But, you know, Palmer, they've had a really impressive start again. They knocked off Rodgers by 13 last week, and Rodgers was ranked number five out of the time. And they knocked Rodgers completely out of the rankings, thus moving themselves up to number eight. So, you know, this is a very, very talented Palmer team. But to your point, Blooming Grove's got studs themselves. But 
this is going to be a very, very exciting district opener to, again, a district that's going to be exciting because the, the, the one through four playoff seats could literally go in any order in this district. Yeah, and uh, I, don't, I, I was thinking maybe this is going to be a defensive struggle and low scoring, which I, I'm going to retire from uh, predicting that because I haven't <laughs> been very good on it. But it's going to be a good game. And uh, one thing I would keep an eye on is these, uh, these Palmer running backs, they catch a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at catching balls. So, uh, I think I like Palmer in this one. I like Palmer as well. I'll take Palmer by 10 to 14, especially on the road. I mean, they're just rolling right now on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think I'll take Palmer as well. But, again, this will be a dang good football game and a dang good, very competitive district as yes, well. Yes, sir. I, believe, I agree. And our next game, we'll have Colleen Shoemaker on the road to take on Red Oak in a district matchup here. And this is this is a fun matchup here, Kenny. You know, both very good offenses. Shoemaker putting up 32 points per game while Red Oak is putting up 40. Now, again, factoring that in, Red Oak is coming off the bye week, so they have played one less game. Shoemaker sits at 4-1. and one. They beat Colleen Ellison in a defensive slugfest. That was a slugfest. 16-8. to eight. Same words. That was their lowest scoring output of the year. And, that, I mean, that could be a testament to Ellison as well, but that is probably being in a Colleen ISD, you know, two clean ISD schools. That's probably a pretty little rivalry game there that was close. And then, you know, Red Oak, you know, they're a really good team. Their their one loss on the year was a 48-47 overtime vic- or loss to, to Lake Belton, who won that game in comeback fashion. But aside from that, Red Oak's just been pretty dominant so far this season, Kenny. Yeah, Red Oak's got a high-powered offense. And yes. then you look at Shoemaker, they're, they're uh, just a, a defensive team that they want to muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. They want to run the football. They want to uh, eat up the clock. Uh, they got a really good quarterback in Malachi Jerome. He's for 958, 9 TDs this year. They got a pair of running backs and Stewart and Hicks Maddox that both run the ball really well, score mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, they've got several good wide receivers that have over 10 or 12 catches. And then you look at Red Oak and uh, another good quarterback in Robinson. They got Martindale Martinez, the law firm, mm-hmm. pretty good running back. And they got four star Warren Robertson that does just about anything. So he's got 17 offers USC, UT, I think uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, whoever. Everybody wants it on him. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, I'd probably Red Oaks offense, maybe a little bit too much for uh, Shoe. It'll be tough, but, you know, when I look at this game, I do look at the defenses because you know, there's a significant margin or differential margin here. Shoemaker's defense has been pretty def- decent. They've only given up 19 points per game. While looking at Red Oak, they've given up 34 points per game. So, you know, this will be a game that comes down to – Know, which offense can score more points because as you said red oak has an unbelievable offense putting up 40 points per game with that you know may, uh, the passing game is the strength of that team as well i think this will be a high scoring game kenny and you know shoemaker will be on the road but i think with their slight advantage on the defensive side of the ball i'll, I'll take shoemaker by one score here Ooh, okay i got red oak you got shoemaker that'll be good and then our next game staying in that uh, District 4, 5A Division 1. We have Colleen High, the Kangaroos, on the road to take on Midlothian. And, you know, if there's one word to describe this Midlothian team, Kenny, it's dominant. They've been absolutely, you know, all of their games have been one-sided. I think their, their closest game was an 11-point victory somewhere in the pre-district uh, schedule. I'd have to look. But in as far as district district has gone, they've been putting up 50 points per game. Yeah, and they, they're on two shutouts in a row. And mm-hmm. I think if I went back and looked, uh, giving up 11 points, maybe not even 11 points a game. they got a really good defense. Uh, shut Cleveland down 57 to nothing last week. 
they're splitting time at QB. They got a good wide receiver in Bryant Wesco. He's got 400 yards and seven touchdowns. And you look at Colleen, uh, they're they beat Granberry 40-22 last week. They got a good pair of running back or a good running back in Deloche and a pretty good receiver in Landers. Uh, I just think Midlothian just keeps on rolling, man. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I think we've said it, we've said it in the past few weeks, but Midlothian is has got to be, especially the way they've started in district play, they got to be the pro- prohibitive favorite to take the district crown here. And I'm with you. I think they continue to roll here, and especially playing at home. You know, I I think they win big. Now to our. Uh, fourth game of the week six preview, we have a one of the most storied rivalries in the state of Texas, Kenny. Brownwood will be on the road at Tarleton Memorial, Memorial Stadium to take on Stephenville. And, Kenny, this game is going to be very, very exciting as always. Yeah, Brownwood's been impressive, man. They've got mm-hmm. a few notches uh, in their belt. Uh, they beat a, a good Marble Falls team. They beat a, a Conley. Uh, but I think their luck ends out runs out this week with Stephenville because I think mm-hmm. Stephenville's a buzzsaw, man. Yeah, they, they really are. You know, this game has been played since 1937. Brownwood leads the all-time series 48-33-2. But again, Brownwood, they had a statement win on the road last week against Connolly, uh, 50, 52-21. That's a great game. But also, when you look at Stephenville, you know, they have some questions. They are 5-0, and but their defense has given up 46 points per game in doing so. But that just speaks true to the offense. And another thing to look at this offense, too, for Stephenville, they're missing Ryder Lambert. Ryder Lambert hurt his foot. Uh, I don't remember if it was last week's game or the week before, but you know he, he's dealing with a foot, in, foot injury right now, and I'm not sure if he'll be back this week. But, again, I mean, despite that, their offense put up 43 points last week with a backup. Yes, yeah, and they've been playing, uh, you know, a – Tough, tough schedule yes. at five A schools. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and they the backup, the move in. I forgot where he was from, but I saw a story mm-hmm. on him, and he's playing well. Uh, and if you got Tate Maruska, you're going to be fine because the kid's mm-hmm. a stud. Yeah, I think much like the much like the Shoemaker Red Oak game, I think this is going to be a shootout. And yeah, I just I I have a lot of questions on Stephenville's defense, but still looking at. Brownwood, you know, they went on the road again at Connolly and held a very potent offense, you know, Jelani McDonald or not, to only 21 points on the road, and and that's big. You said you got Stephenville. You know, Brownwood hasn't won this game in about two or three years. I'm going to take Brownwood in this Uh-oh. one. So, <laughs> so I think this is going to be a great game, high scoring, and it'll come down to one possession. And I think I think Brownwood comes to play. I really do. And now for our fifth game of the Week 6 previews, another fun district matchup that could very well decide the champion of District 11, 5A Division 2. We have the Belton Tigers on the road at the Elgin Wildcats. And again, Kenny, this is a game that with two, you know, we've been talking about the last few games, two teams with very good offenses. This is a team with very good defenses in this one. Yeah, and you know, Belton's 3-2 and two, coming off a, a pretty good win last week, and mm-hmm. uh, I think they're just going to look to run the ball with Mr. Snap, and mm-hmm. you know, they don't throw it much. I mean, they try to. I think they threw the ball 20 times last week, completed 9, but they're going to just lean on Snap. You know, they gave him 21 carries for 187 mm-hmm. yards last last week, and uh, mm-hmm. that would be a good one. Yeah, these are, these are two teams that with Decent, probably above average offenses, but both those defenses have been really good, especially in district play. Again, looking Belton, 28-7 win versus Pflugerville. And then last week, 
Elgin goes on the road and shuts shuts out Pflugerville Connolly 22 to nothing. 22 to nothing. So these are two defenses that can absolutely play. I, looking at this game again, this could very well be for the district championship. You know, um, you know, Leander Rouse might have something to say about that. They've had a slow start to the season, but you got to remember they started the season ranked. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna go quietly into the night at all. But as everything stands right now, this could very well be for the district championship and. I think this is going to be a defensive slugfest again. And uh, who, who do you have in this one, Kenny? I think I got Belton, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really close. And, mm-hmm. you know, Elgin's going to run the ball. You know, they've got two guys that run the ball mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be another one of those fast games, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of defense and a lot of uh, running the ball and chewing the clock up. But I'm, I'm going to go with Belton. I'm with you there. I'm going to take Belton. I, th- I see this game as, you know, maybe like a – 17 to 14, 20 to 17 sort of game. I think it'll be really close and very low scoring, but I'll take Belton as well. And then our final game of the week six previews, we, will, we touched on it earlier. We have the Lorena Leopards on the road in a district matchup against Little River Academy. And uh, before we dive into this game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Academy Bumblebees, Coach Chris Lancaster, and we'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with uh, Chris Lancaster, head football coach for Little River Academy Bumblebees. Coach, how are you doing today? Oh, outstanding. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Coach, you know, the season really probably didn't start the way you thought it was going to start. You started off 0-2. How tough was it to keep your guys' uh, confidence up uh, the first two weeks of the season and, and to get them ready to play? Well, it wasn't real tough. I mean, we we've got a good ball club and, and some leadership on here. I think I think what we wasn't expecting was all the hype coming into the season, coming off last year, eleven and two. Uh, we had a lot of hype. We we're a lot of a lot of projecting. Uh, expectations were high, and I just don't think we handled that very well. Uh, we knew we were a good ball club, but we still had some uh, different pieces to put together. Uh, we lost some key seniors last year, and then we've got six freshmen up on varsity. So we're not the same ball club we were a year ago. So it took us time to figure out our identity, our snapshot blueprint of what we are. And uh, we've really figured it out the second half of our second game against Lago Vista. And so uh, things right now, you know, we've gone in a little different direction. we got a new running back, uh, tailback for us. And so uh, things are starting to click. Coach, you know, Going back to last year, you know, you returned your your stat leaders at quarterback, uh, receiver with uh, Casey Mraz and Scout Brazil. Tell us some more about your, your new running back you got. Well, we started off with a, a senior um, young man that we had last year, Braden Bartlett. Then uh, after the second game, he decided not to play anymore. So we also brought up a freshman that we we think very highly of in that game. and uh, And he ends up breaking his ankle. And so we had to move a linebacker, one of our senior linebackers, over in the name of Lane Ward. And since then, uh, Lane is really uh, starting at Hillsborough game. I mean, he went over 200-something yards rushing. He had, a, I want to say, 150-something uh, against Salado, and I think he was at 150-something uh, here last week against Troy. So he's really changed the dynamic of our of our offense. Uh, he's taking a lot of pressure off the throwing game, which helps Casey, and uh, been able to help the field position and help our defense. And so uh, it's just been a pleasant surprise. Speaking of Casey, uh, how how special is he? How important is he to your offense as a leader? 
Well, he, he he's very important, but the the leaders of the offense is that offensive line. Um, Casey, Casey, you know, they're all close knit. They're all juniors, except for one, one senior. We have a left guard. Uh, but those guys have been playing together for an awful long time, all the way back to Pee Wee football. They were the first group, um, to play Pee Wee football here in, in Little River Academy. Their dads all got together and they formulated that and started that program. And, and uh, we're very blessed to have that uh, going on down here. But but that's really the leadership of that group and with our seniors, too, that we have. We have uh, nine seniors on our ball club this year. Okay, Coach, you got Lorena coming up this week. Uh, they're coming off a kind of an upset loss against Cameron Yo. What are you expecting from Coach Biles and his guys? Well, first of all, I have the utmost respect for Ray and his staff. I've been in the Waco area for an awful long time, you know, and, and coaching uh, in the area, uh, college and high school, and knowing Ray and, and that, you know, I think Lorena's the is the blueprint of what every program wants to be, and, and especially in their 3A. You know, they're coming off a state championship, uh, they know how to win. Their kids are very resilient. Um, they, they, from top to bottom, you, you know, we've already played them in our junior high. We had to play them in our junior high because Hillsboro was zoned north. But so we've already got a snapshot of what they are in the future. Um, and and just to continue, you know, they're just all my respect for them. I played them when I was a, a coordinator at Troy. Um, and just know what they bring and what that community brings and what the expectations they deal with there. All right, Coach. Hey, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck Friday night and good luck going forward. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you again on down the line. Awesome. Thank you very much. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Little River Academy Bumblebees, Coach Chris Lancaster. Thanks again to Coach Lancaster for joining us. And then, Kenny, looking at this game, this we talked about it earlier with the Matt Step question of the week. This is a district that's going to have dogfights every week, and this is just going to be another one. Lorena and Academy, both teams coming into the game three and two overall. Lorena coming off that. I don't know, would you call it an upset loss to Cameron Yo, Kenny? I would, uh, yeah, because, you know, going into the, the season, you know, my dumb self <laughs> had – Rockdale making the playoffs and not Cameron Yeo, and I had Academy finishing ahead of Lorena. Well, that shows you how much I know. So going into the season, you would think, hey, this is going to be a showdown. Mm -hmm. This is going to be – and I think it still will be a good game, but I just don't think Academy is what we thought they were. And maybe they will be, you know, after, you know, the season goes along. Uh, They're definitely going to be battle-tested when they get into the playoffs. Yeah, both teams uh, are. Lorena, you know, it's it's bound to happen. You're going to – you know, you're not going to – they already had a loss to China Spring. They're mm-hmm. a very solid ball club, and I just when the playoffs start, I'm not going to count them out. I think no. they're definitely still a regional contender. I think uh, so is Cameron. I think so is uh, Frank. I mean, you're you're the champion of the land until you're knocked out. You know, they're still the reigning champions, and you can't count them out until it's over. But you know, on the other side, looking at Academy, they started off the season 0 and 2. They dropped back to back losses, and they've had three straight wins since then. And all those wins have been pretty significant as well including last week a 16 point win on the road at troy to start district off this will be a fun game you know but you know again lorena's defense has been mostly solid throughout the year i mean they don't return many starters from last team from last year's team on the defensive side of the ball but you know this this has been their one hiccup on the year you know they 
this is the first time they've given up more than 30 points on the year so far. Yeah, and, you know, you look at the West game, they had a pick six against them. You mm-hmm. look at the Yo game, they had a pick six. That's something they may want to try to clean up. You know, the, the Yo one, that was just a very athletic play by the, mm-hmm. by the Yo defender, man. He saw that from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jackson Generals, he's a good quarterback. Uh, I'm still a big uh, Case and Taylor fan. Mm-hmm. What a great running back. And then, of course, Porter, he's just a, you know, stud. Uh, I just really think Lorena is going to be too tough for uh, Little River Academy. And, you know, Little River's given up 28 points a game. I agree. You know, good teams, good teams know how to bounce back. And, you know, we know Lorena's a dang good football team. I, I think I think they're just fine. I think they bounce back as well. And even this being on, on the road in a key district game, I, I, I'm with you. I'll take Lorena by probably about 7 to 10 points in this one. But regardless, I think it'll be, you know, Maybe a one possession, maybe a little over. But it'll be a fun game, Kenny. I, I really think it will be. Yeah, and I think Academy is going to score some points. There's just too mm-hmm. much talent on that side of the ball. But mm-hmm. I just think the defense isn't quite where Coach Lancaster probably wants it. Yeah, for sure. And that is the end of our Week 6 previews. And now let's get to the uh, Week 6 pickums, And we'll start with the all the games we previewed before. Just get a... Uh, just get a recap on all those. And uh, oh, before we do that, what are the standings through uh, five weeks? Standings through five weeks is uh, Foxy with 59, Jay Black with 58, and me with 59. So we're, we're all bunched up, up together. Up tight. Very nice as well. That makes it more exciting. So, again, we'll, we'll look at the games we just previewed, starting with Academy at Lorena. I'm going to stick with my gut here. I will take Lorena. Lorena all the way across. Then Palmer at Blooming Grove. Who do you have in this one? I got Palmer. I'll take Palmer as well. And Mr. Black has Palmer. And Colleen Shoemaker at Red Oak. I will take Shoemaker in this one. What does Mr. Black say on he this one? He says Red Oak, and I agree. Colleen High at Midlothian. I will take Midlothian in this one, Kenny. I got Midlothian, and Mr. Black does as well. Brownwood at Stephenville. Who do you have in this one? I've got, uh, let me look here. It's a tough one to pick. I got Stephenville. I'm going to take Brownwood. Mr. Black has Stephenville as well. Then our final oh. game from the preview section, Belton at Elgin. I will take the Tigers of Belton in this one. Uh, it's going to be Belton across the board. Now get to the rest of our picking games. We have Italy on the road to take on the Rao Vista Eagles. I will take Rao Vista in this one. I got Italy and so does Mr. Black. Waco High on the road in a district matchup at Colleen Ellison. Who do you have in this one? I've got uh, Ellison. I got Ellison as well. Mr. Black has Ellison. And we were talking about this one a little earlier as well. Gatesville at Mineral Wells. I'll take the Hornets in this one. Uh, yeah. Across the board. Gatesville across the board. Connolly at Springtown. This will be a fun matchup as well. Who do you have in this one? I've got Springtown, and Mr. Black has got Connolly. I'm with Mr. Black. I will take the Cadets as well. Hamilton at Toller. I think Toller wins big in this one, Kenny. Yeah, Toller is a, a really good team, man. Uh, I'd like to go watch that Coleman-Toller game coming up here pretty quick. Then in a district matchup in Class 3 Division 1, Dallas Madison will be on the road to take on the Whitney Wildcats. I will take Whitney in this one. I got the Wildcats. And Mr. Black does as well. Mejia at Kemp. I think Mejia gets their first win of the year here, Kenny. I'm going to go Mejia, and Mr. Black will too. And 
Another fun district matchup here. Three and one Moody at one and three Marlin. Who do you have in this one? Well, I'd like to go with Coach Hurst, but I'm gonna have to go with Marlin. I agree. And Mr. Black's gonna go Bulldog also. So Marlin across the board. Franklin at Rockdale. I think the Lions roll here. Yeah, give us uh, both of us Franklin, me and Mr. Black. Hewitt Midway on the road at Colleen Harker Heights. I will take the Knights of Harker Heights in this one. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Harker Heights, and so is Mr. Black. Another fun district matchup here. We have Troy on the road to take on McGregor. Who do you have in this one? I got Troy winning this one. I'll, I'll take McGregor in this one. I'll, I'll take Coach Shield squad. And Jay Black has the Trojans. Then our final game of the week six pickums will have Pflugerville Weiss on the road to take on the Temple Wildcats. Who do you have in this one? I got Temple. I got Temple as well. And so does Mr. Black. And that is the week six pickums, and that'll do it for us here in the week six preview of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Where you know, again, despite all the bye weeks going on this week, there's a great slate of games this week, Kenny. It's going to be a fun week for sure. Where are you headed this weekend? What game are you going to go watch? So, I for those who don't know, I do play by play for Waco University, and they are on their bye week. So I might go to two games this week. Actually, I'm thinking. No, I don't know for sure yet, but knowing me, I'll probably end up going. Thursday night in the six-man ranks, Abbott will be hosting Borden County in Abbott. I'm thinking about going to that one. And then, you know, I'll be in town. I'm going to go to homecoming for Dallas, Madison, and Whitney. What about you? I'll be uh, I'll be here watching the Madison and, and, and Whitney. And we almost uh, – we were going to – we were going to – our first uh, foray into six-man – uh, we were going to preview the Abbott-Borden uh, County game, uh, but Borden County lost last week. We we're going to have Greg Tepper on to talk about it. He's a big six-man guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're gonna, we didn't want to use our Tepper card you <laughs> yeah. know, without a, a big uh, game. So we're going we're gonna to wait and uh, find you know, a little better game, maybe the playoffs. Hopefully he'll join us. Uh, he's, he's a really nice guy from what I, I know. And uh, he said, yeah, man, I'll come on. So hopefully we'll have him on. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, despite that, you had two great interviews with Coach Lancaster and Coach Bomar at Grosbeck. So, you know, still good deals, great guests. And we appreciate all the coaches who have come on the show so far. They've been really great, very nice, very courteous. And, you know, it's been great. And, again, thanks to you guys as well, the listeners. We hit 200 total downloads last week, Kenny. And, you know, that's that's 40 per week. I think, I think yeah. we'll definitely take that. Well, you know, uh, going back to the coaches, every I think every time I send you a video – or the audio of an interview. I'm like, this coach is a great dude. They've all been oh, – yeah. I mean, Coach Bomar basically sat there for 10 minutes and, you know, he's got crap to do. And, he, you know, he will break down and tell you, you know, everything about the season, which I love. I'll, I'll sit there and talk football all day long. Mm-hmm. And I don't forget, when you, when you go and listen to our podcast, give us a rating. You know, give mm-hmm. us a – Hopefully a five or a four at least. You know, don't don't be honest. If you don't want to, we really don't want ones. But yeah, yeah, we, five. probably not. But you know, <laughs> and just continue to spread the word as well. You know, we're we're getting more listeners week by week, and we really do appreciate it. You guys spreading the word and just continuing to tune in to hear us talk about it because you know we we're just having fun here, just talking high school football. Something we're both very passionate about. It's it, it's it's been fun up to this point, and we just. Hope you guys continue to join us. But again, talking about those coaches as well, that's probably that's just a reflection of how good high school football here is in Central Texas. With all these courteous and very good football coaches that are good men, good leaders, it's it's just a reflection of how good 
you know, how spoiled we are really of how good the Texas high school football is in this part of the state. Yeah, and I always tell them, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. And, and again, hey, if you've been on this podcast, we appreciate you taking mm-hmm. the time and talking to us. And last week was awesome. Bryce Cherry sat down mm-hmm. with a whole podcast. Hopefully we'll get him back for the playoffs or maybe a playoff preview or something. And Jay Black, I think we're going to try to go back to the Hall of Fame next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Wasn't able to uh, go back this week. We had some things going on. But, uh, man, it's, it's been great. And uh, thank you to the coaches, to the, anybody from the media, anybody that's liked it, retweeted it on our uh, Twitter page. We appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. And with that being said, that'll do it for us for this week six preview of the Texas high school football season in the greater, greater central Texas area. Great, great slate of games this week again. And before we go again, another special thanks to our guest this week, Coach Chris Lancaster of Little River Academy, and then Coach Jerry Bomar of Grosbeck. Thank you to you guys for joining us, and thank you for listening. And that will wrap it up for us. And enjoy week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you guys later.